Hello, everyone, and we are very excited to bring you this episode of a fairly queer podcast. Sam, how's it going over on your side? Oh my of the goodness, world? this is my favorite podcast. It's the podcast where two fairies discuss topics fairly <gasps> and do a lot of alliteration. Yes, no matter how how liltingly difficult it may sound for some people, <laughs> deal with it. And speaking of dealing with things, we we are we are dealing with a legend in drag. We have such a special guest this afternoon. We do. Um, I'd like to welcome and give a big queer huzzah to the legendary, comic, brilliant, drag persona. Hedda Lettuce, welcome to our yeah. podcast, darling. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. I'm so keen on it. Uh, I mean, I'm sure. I've been a fan of yours forever. I used to live in New York City, and I remember watching your YouTube videos. Um, occasionally, Hedda Lettuce for President will just pop into my head, and I'll start singing it. I've always wondered, by the way, where you got that amazing um, little jingle in the back of one of your YouTube videos, but perhaps that's a, a conversation for another time. But yeah, I mean, I uh, admire so much your perspective on humor, um, and I just, I've always been a huge fan. And uh, I guess we'll start off with how, how are you doing? The world is, is pretty crazy right now. I know that you're in Puerto Vallarta. Well, I'm... I, I, per- Personally, well, I, I guess physically here, yes, I'm fine. I'm in I'm in uh, Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, and uh, it's a it's it's a, like I was telling you before this the show. It's, if, if I didn't pick up a newspaper or watch television or anything, mm-hmm. I would not know anything was going on in the world right now. I would not know any of the Black Lives Matters protests would be happening and everything. It's a very it's just it's very it's just a very different reality here. And um, I've been here uh, in self-quarantine since the, the coronavirus came up, uh, since that came out. And I've been here because uh, I live in New York City and it wasn't safe to go back to New York City. Of course. So yeah. I've been staying here, my home here. And this is where I've been, I, I uh, spend my winters working at a theater here. But so I stayed here and I'll be staying here for the duration. Um, you know, all, all my work in New York City dried up. So um, all of my you know, the physical you know, theater stuff in Fire Island, all that gone for the time being. So I just been, I, I've just been here in my home doing my, my weekly uh, live Instagram, Facebook show and drawing caricatures of people. I've been doing, you know, because I'm also a visual artist, a painter. And so I, I was like, well, how am I going to make money during this time? Everything seems to be, you know, dried up. The theater shuttered its doors here and everywhere else. I'm like, oh, gosh. And then the live Internet shows, you know, that's been doing well. And I've been enjoying that. It's a very different medium. It's very different not having. Um, oh, yeah. Having people in the audience. But I don't you know, I sort of treat it like a radio show. More yeah. so now that I'm getting, then, 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 uh, you know, and it's evolving as it goes along. And I, I kind of like the challenge of it. And then drawing caricatures of people. I, I've been posting drawings I do on Instagram and then people, I don't know, they want to have me draw their pictures. So I draw up, I've been doing both of those and, and supporting myself because I didn't get my goddamn check from the government. The oh United my States. goodness. I didn't get the check. How no, da- a lot of people didn't get, the I didn't get that. I didn't get that goddamn Ugh. check. So, you know, I'm you not didn't get the bribe. on government assistance Cheeto right system. now. You know, yeah, oh. I'm not relying on government assistance. So I am just, 
I'm just, you know, I'm pretty much a hustler, so I'm going ahead with what I'm doing and until the brakes get put on that, and then we'll move on to something else. You know, uh, I just, you have to go with the flow. That's what part of, yeah. I think that's what being an entertainer does help in these times, because yeah. I've already been used to life not being linear. Yeah. And I, I expecting it to be one particular way for a very long period of time. Life is always up and down, up and down for most entertainers. And, and so I go with that already. So when this, when it, when the coronavirus took over and all, it, uh, it was start, it's startling. It's still startling. I actually have dreams about it, but I'm able, I think a lot of entertainers are able to adapt better uh, because that's just what we, we, we've been doing in general. We don't, the security is not something that usually goes, you know, follows the name entertainer. The, yeah. You know, the word security. So uh, it's just different. It's just been a very different experience. I'd be yeah. interested to know, actually, because talking about the coronavirus, it actually, I mentioned your YouTube videos before. And I remember that when the Ebola uh, virus was going on, you had some very in good videos um, where you were talking about people not uh, living in fear of Ebola. Yes. Um, I think about I, living in fears. Yes, go on. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember the exact quote. It was so funny. Um, uh, polar bears in Poland. I'm not sure if these are ringing bells. <laughs> they're, they're ringing. The bells in my head uh, don't ring the same way they used to. But I. <laughs> well, I, my question I, though is is um, what is your perspective of using humor um, in oh, these in these times oh, of that's of what gay struggle. people are good for when there's tragedy. We're very good at creating humor out of tragedy. We have to, you know, it's just, I think it's part of our, our, our makeup. And you definitely have to have a sense of humor about this because you don't know when the good Lord's going to take you. So yeah. whatever, you just got to, you, I, I, listen, I've been so sick this past two months. I got dengue. I, I'm pretty sure I had Corona. I had something. I, I was almost several times. I felt like I was on death's door over the last two months, mm -hmm. three months already. And, um, it's been very, uh, so I'm sort of like, uh, I'm living in, I, it really does keep you in the day. Yeah. yeah. I just really stay in the day more with this. Mm -hmm. And I just focus on the tasks in front of me. Like, what do I have to do today? Oh, I have to draw two caricatures. Oh, I got to get just something get it for my, my show. Uh, I, I'm not worried as much about getting Corona because I do think I already had it, though they have no testing here. Uh, yeah. at the, you know, unless you're on death's door, then they test you. And at that point, what does it fucking matter? You, 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 yeah. whatever. But uh, this, so I've just been like, like Corona, you know, I have on my show on Sunday nights, which I'm just going to say, plug it. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot plug of away. Joke. It's Sunday nights Please. on uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Instagram at Head of Lettuce NYC and on Facebook. I live at the same time. It's a three-way between me, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, <laughs> my three late, two least favorite people who I want to have a three-way with is anything. Honestly, with <laughs> if I could get rid of Facebook, if I could figure, I, I, I just can't. Yeah. I can't figure it out yet politically. I think they're so rotten, and I'm, right. I feel like I'm enabling oh, them crazy. by being part of the whole system right. still. And I haven't signed on to TikTok yet, so I have no fucking clue what I'm doing with my life. I'm oh, too old. Neither but have I. No, really, I have no. I, I don't. I don't know if I'm just going to be one of those people that overlooked all the heinous crimes they're committing just so I could do a live Instagram show. Right. I, I'm really conflicted, but yeah. uh, I do. I have a friend that comes on. He plays a character called Cassandra something. I don't know what the last name is, but we joke about Corona the entire time. You know, yeah. we we make you know, Corona beauty tips, Corona sex tips. I I can't, I've come out with the. 
uh, for social distancing and sex. We have dildo on a stick, so you can fuck the person six feet. You know, it's retractable. So how many feet you feel comfortable <laughs> having sex with this, you know, fucking this person, but stuff of that nature. But, you know, and you, you, you know, you just have to do things like that in order if otherwise you'll be in a fetal ball all the time crying. And yeah. people who complain about people too soon, too soon, they, their lives are just a misery and I can't deal with them. So that's what I do is sort of, just try to lighten the load for myself because it is really yeah. heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really heavy shit. Like, and I, as, and, ha and having it sort of infiltrate my dreams, I know how it's affecting me because it has. Mm -hmm. Both Black Lives Matter and, um, and the coronavirus have come into my dream. So it's a very, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. It's, so I've been, you know, so however you have to process it to make yourself feel good, and so that you can carry on during the day and be a decent human being, yeah. you know, uh, and my, and the thing is like, I can't, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved in protests right now because I'm here in, in Puerto Vallarta, but yeah. what I can do is with the skill that I, whatever skill I was given, if you believe in God, which I'm up in the air about anyway, I'm more, but I don't know what I, but, uh, is making people laugh. And mm -hmm. so if yeah. I can make people laugh and they can recharge their battery and they can go back out and do the good fight again, you know, yes. then that's a service. Yeah. You know, I have to keep and I have to keep things really simple. I'm not I, I can't solve the world's problem, but I can do what I've been given and help out. I can yes. chip in with what I've been given. And, yeah. And, using your own skills and talents. We were yeah. sort of talking about this earlier about um, this idea of virtue signaling so that like there, there's a certain expectation, especially with Black Lives Matter, to like have a presence. But then like really, what are you what are you doing? But I think your point is very uh, put very eloquently, which is like you are a performer and a comedian. So I think Joan Rivers said that one of the jobs of like comedians is to keep things in people's minds, no matter how far away they happened by putting them into the uh, like the comic sector. So I absolutely agree. I think that comedy and politics and comedy and activism are uniquely intertwined. Yeah, you ha I just I just think if. I, yeah, this is what I'm able to do right now is, is, is have people forget for a little bit or laugh at it for a moment and then able to take that and bring it to the, bring it with them wherever they're going, you know, yeah. um, so that they can feel a little bit better, hopefully about the situation. Um, so, I mean, that's, and, and any more than that right now, I, 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 it's just, I can't do, this is what I can do. Yeah. This, this is it. I mean, no yeah. one can do everything. We do what we no. can, yeah. when we can, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. So, so Hedda, I wanted to segue a little bit into uh, your uh, your baby drag beginnings, because what a time, what a time. Like, I want to know your influences, and I want to know about the state of New York City, and mm -hmm. the drag scene that you came into when you decided, I'm an entertainer, I'm a comic, I'm an actor, and before all these, all these little, all these little uh, munchkins decided that drag was this thing where they get to be, they get to showcase their talents all in one monstrous, delightful unit. Thirty some years ago, you're like, I'm doing drag. This is my vehicle. 
for my art? Well, I, I started in 1993, 1994. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a, I have to say it was, I mean, I, I think most people say that the time that they grew up in or whatever it was a great time to, for this to happen. But I will say, um, it was, it, no one was um, real, sitting around going, well, I think I'm going to um, become a multimillionaire drag star. I'm going to have a cosmetic line and I, uh, I'm going to be an influencer. No, we, you were just being your artistic kooky self. And that's what the 90s in New York City provided. Because the East Village during that time period was an incredible... Uh, landscape of uh, performance artists and drag queens and, and singers and actors and yeah. just a lot of creativity and craziness and it was uh, not it was cool because it wasn't overexposed right yeah it it was edgy and people sought it out and yeah. you had a show you had a flyer you didn't have you didn't have fucking Facebook posts and stuff like this, and people came and and I just remember being a young guy just going to the Pyramid Club, which was a big drag uh, performance club on on Second uh, Avenue mm -hmm. near an uh, Avenue A near St. Mark's, yeah. mm. um, and uh, just watching these two drag queens. Uh, perform on stage. Uh, one was named Sweetie. She passed away a few years ago. Yeah, and the other I one was remember named that. Faux, faux pas, and they were a drag duo, and they were the hottest thing. And I remember just standing there in the back near the bar because it was too packed to go to the front of the stage. And I was like, just listening to how the audience was um, embracing them and laughing with yeah. them, and the energy that they were feeding off of. I was like, oh, that's something I really want to be part of. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I said that conscious, like, you know, it was just something that registered in my head that I, and, and I was lucky enough to be able to become part of it, you know, um, yeah. and find my voice there and find my people there and, and, and learn that, oh, I, oh, I do have some, a gift of the gab and some skills here that people find entertaining. Yeah. And I just, it just was something that took me over without me knowing it was happening either. It wasn't, I like, you know, we did, you, I may have had ambition. I, I wanted to work because I wanted to eat. So yeah. I wanted, you know, getting paid to do something that's completely goofball-y and ridiculous mm -hmm. and, and crazy. It's like, oh, wow, I got paid to do that? Amazing. Yeah. And, um, and, but we, I didn't, uh, I, I, perhaps I wasn't, not, I'm not saying smart enough, but uh, I didn't have the, um, what is it, when you look in the future, the foresight? Oh, right. Mm -hmm. I always yeah. foresight yeah. To, to think, oh, this is going to be like a really, this is going to be a big deal. Oh, I mean, what, early 90s of the person who was really growing, growing the claws into the teeth was maybe RuPaul and Bunny. Right. And then like that whole Wigstock crew and your contemporaries with them, like let alone, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated by that time period because I've gotten to know, you know, the, the elders and the I mean, I, I, as like a very witchy queer person who really sees 
the drag queens as like truth tellers and and people who keep the community in line and mm. also do the things and t say the things that maybe, pardon my French, your everyday average middle of the bell curve back it doesn't want to say, you know, drag queens. If you're not pushing some envelope, I'm not quite sure you're doing drag. So, you know, I, I snuck on your bio and, and saw things like Queer Nation. And this is the end of HIV and AIDS at the terrible um, Well, numbers. I was still around when that was when that was a death sentence and mm, you yeah. you didn't really uh queer nation was an offshoot of act up and yeah. that's kind of how i started my career my drag career was well part of it was doing street um performances uh to raise money for queer nation which dealt with other issues outside of hiv and aids yeah. uh queer queer issues um queer rights issues and so we would go to sheridan square near where this club called the monster was mm. uh and we would we would change behind a sheet and we would lip sync. We had a boom box and we would lip sync um, and we would raise money for the organization. So it was just very, it was, it, it was, I would say it was in a way, I mean, uh, a lot of people from middle America wouldn't think of it as innocent, but it was a very innocent time. Yeah. It was very, it was, it had, it was very charming, very innocent, very just uh, spontaneous. Yeah, that's what the word I think. I don't think it is as spontaneous. It's not. It doesn't have. Drag doesn't have this spontane spontaneity it did because it's, it's very formulaic. It's yeah. very formulaic now. There's this spontaneity is, and I think that's what I find is kind of missing with drag yeah. is the spontaneity of it. It's completely yeah. people sitting down and going, well, if I do this, this, and this, and if I get on this particular show, then my career is going to go here, here, and here. And, da, 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 da. and if I don't do this particular show and I don't get on that, then my, I, don't ha what am I, I don't have a career. I don't have this. Oh, my right. life is over. And yeah. I need to do this. I need to be associated with this. I need to be, have this. Blah, 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 blah. It's more like a cult, per se, than actually than, than, than a, and I'm a really cult glad more that, than the community, right? It's a, it's, a, it's a cult. And what I find now is I'm so glad that when I'm, I, listen, my career is my career. It's, yeah. It has its ebbs and flows and it's, it comes and it goes and it, and it, it never, it reached, I mean, I've had my successes and I, and I'm a go, you know, but uh, I find that uh, at least when I appear in a place, someone else's name doesn't appear over my head and saying mm. from so-and-so head of yeah. lettuce. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I just think that whatever I've done, at least I, I didn't do it on my own because I can say I, because there was a lot of people around me that supported me. So I could never yeah. say I, I did it on my own. Oh, this is all I did. No, I had club owners and people who loved me and audience members who loved me and, yes. and, and kept it going. And the fact that I was tenacious and I kept it going because I had no other skills. So what the fuck was I going to do with my life anyway? But <laughs> the I, story I of drag, of every other it's drag. True, I, if I only could type, this would be different. <laughs> yeah. I would, I'd be working in a secretarial. That is another right one of my favorite head of, little, head of, head of lettuce lines. If I could if only I, type. If I only could type. I'll and take then, any you know, role, even a buttered role. I'm sorry. Even a buttered role, I'll take it. You know, but I, I just think that I, I just find everything very, everything's very formulaic. Everyone looks the same. If you put, they all have the same eyebrows, the same this. They're <gasps> sort of like fe they're fembots. I yeah. find. Yeah. And yeah. Then, and but what you said in the beginning that put the drag commuting putting the the keeping people in line. I happen to think they've become the mean girls of the of the gay community now in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, become the mean girls and yeah. it's become this, this click. And if you're not part of this click, luckily I started when I started yeah. and I have a career and I have a name and they can't fucking say shit to me. 
yeah. God damn, none of them can say jack shit to me at all because a lot of them use me as an influence in what they're doing. Right. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm not, this in an ego, egotistical way. It's just a reality. It's the truth. I'm not sure so, if you're willing to uh, share this. If you're not, I can certainly cut it out. But have you had bad experiences with your with with um, other performers uh, oh, because of because you're not part of uh, no, like no, the no, television no. drag? I, I'm no, no. I'm lucky because oh, good. I started when I did, and I've had enough television stuff under my belt that because yeah. you had, used to, to have a television show. To, yeah, and that's a valid. Like recently, I just filmed that new CW show. Uh, Katie Keene and I was on the last season of, what the fuck was that guy's name? Liev Schreiber's show. What was that Liev Schreiber mm -hmm. show? What was that show that he did, Liev Schreiber? I don't know. It was on H Showtime. Uh, yeah. It's uh, whatever. But so, P.S. I still go on and I still, and they all know who I am. And, um, and that's great. And yeah. I, don't, I tend not to be a very... Uh, social person outside of drag. I don't like go out to parties and I don't socialize with them and all that. I sometimes wish I was more of that person, yeah. uh, but I'm not. And it's not that I don't like what they're doing, what they're, what, what's happening. It's just, it's just, I'm also, I'll be 50 this year. So in July, you look 18, great gal. I'm still holding it together. I'll be 50. And yeah, I don't really, I fucking like sitting at home drawing caricatures of people and doing my online show. The beauty yeah. about the coronavirus is the fact that I'm an, I'm an, a stay home drag queen now, uh, working from yeah. my home. Dream. I have to yeah. tell you, it is fucking amazing in a lot of ways. Yeah. Not having to leave yeah. my house. I can just go from the bathroom to the, to the other room. And yeah. then that's my commute to work now. Yeah. And people tip me. Yeah. And I'm going, wow, yeah. I may never leave the house ever again. <laughs> Well, I now mean, you should see, now you should this is a viable, it's a viable option. I tend to know, I tend to know hermit-like drag queens. I don't want to put her too on the spot, but you know who my sister in crime is and the gal who will, who will bury me and deal with the few dollars in the bank should I drop dead. But she is also a bit of a hermit. Alaska's I'm a bit a of a hermit, I know. Yeah, Alaska, I love you know. Do, I, you tell you, I love Alaska. She when she re, when she's always in town. She's a sweetheart. She's she's been she's one of the out of all the out of a lot of the RuPaul's Drag Race girls. She, she's come to my show uh, twice, I believe, and she is um, she's one of the nicest ones. Yeah, well, the love she's, is the, the love is mutual in the family. We love seeing you at Fire Island. I loved seeing your mommy, dearest, when you were hosting. Those little times we pop into New York City. It's just like what we have here and what I can say for myself as a member of this family is that we respect our drag elders. You know, we respect mm -hmm. them. We want to learn and grow and continue the traditions of being smart mouth, truth telling, um, uh, femininity respecting members of the queer community. I and just that's think our the yeah, I, 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 that's a lot of pressure to put on us. Oh, God. I think that, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, each I, generation I, uh, has a responsibility. And the younger generation has a responsibility to be like, these girls have to hoof it. These girls, mm. uh, you know, the, the, the stand up comedians of the queer community in shitty green rooms and shitty things, you, you know, even oh, when done, you get on television, we've done, done television and you don't necessarily get a better. A, a a better dressing room. Whether you've been on. Do you want to know something I find interesting? Because a lot of a lot of like the people when I talk to, 
people have a fantasy of what the, their reality is going to be once they're um, uh, once they're behind it, a camera and people notice them, or if they're cast on a, a show that they think is going to catapult them to superstardom, when the reality is that after the fact is it requires work to maintain, and yes. because there's so many, it's a conveyor belt of people of drag queens popping out. You're competing. It, it's uh, the con- it's just it's just it's so, so oversaturated. It's yeah, hard it's to get your footing, and it's hard to it's hard to sort of stand out um, yeah. in in this, and it becomes far more manic and crazy. So I feel yeah. really blessed in a way that I came out when I did. So I'm yeah. sort of in my pl- this place where I have I I could go if I'm healthy for another 20, 25 years, I suppose, whatever if I feel like it. But um, I don't have that panic feeling about it. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. don't. I don't really have that. Um, may, I don't know if that's a character defect. Maybe I should be no. worried, be more worried about certain things, but I don't worry. No, about it's it. not good for the mind, not good for the body. I mean, generally, drag queens as sensitive as some of us are. We're really resilient. Like you're talking, you talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, hustling to get the work, mm-hmm. right? And every the job best... I've gotten, I had to hustle for somehow. Yeah. I had to figure every job, even this job in Mexico. It was a hustle in a sense. It was. It may have started out as a lucky break in a sense to come here because it's a really good job. Yeah. Uh, but then I sort of really convinced the owners they weren't looking for another full time performer. And I was like, No, this is how it's going to be. I was. You got to be pushy. Yeah. About certain uh-huh. things. And you know, my life here in Mexico has changed. It's changed my being here in Mexico has changed my life quite a bit in a positive way. Yeah, you know, I've opened up my mind and, and, and heart and my art in a different way, and it's been a really great place to be. So, um, I don't know. I just, I, I am a, a hermit, and I wish I wasn't, but I am a person who likes to be by myself a lot. And I find going out on stage, I find after I work and perform, because I like to give my all on stage, especially. Right. I really do right. love to interact with the audience and be really present. When I'm done with the show, I've been, I feel like I've been hit by a dump truck. Mm-hmm. I really, t- I yeah, can't you sort of socialize. have to regrow your soul, I can't right? Afterwards, I can't, I can't, I've given everything that I need to give to you on stage. Anything yeah. else, I am not. And that's the other great thing about Corona. I never have to do a meet and greet ever fucking again the rest <laughs> of my life. I've hated them before Corona happened. And I am so grateful that I never have to go after the show and take pictures with people because yeah. I always well, fucking, I was exhausted. I'm sweaty. I yeah. look like, I look like I, uh, I'm uh, not. Meet and greet after a show. I mean, Ooh. it's Jeremy's favorite part. That's when he gets to scope out the trade. Right, tour managing on and off for seven years. And Tra- like, oh, yeah, I guess a trade oh, oh. I mean, or, or, or procure a young gentleman to come back to my dress. But that was, that's the fantasy. That's never fucking happened. Yeah, what, what are the, what are the statistics? I yeah. Yeah, I was gonna suck my dick after a show. I'm so fucking tired. Maybe 30, 25 years ago, I, I, I had yeah. I did have some a lot of fun. Twenty years ago, I did. I had my fun. But now I'm like, after I'm work, I'm like, I, just, I, I, I literally, I'm such a bore. I get out of drag and I walk home from the theater. I am yeah. such a fucking bore. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, you're going to go out? You're going to go sing karaoke? You're going to do this? You're going to go to the bar? Right. Like, you're going to be fucking kidding me. Right. I turned the party for you for over an hour uh, right here. This is my shift. This is your and shift. Like, oh, can we go you out go and buy work? you drinks and do it? I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. And mm-hmm. also, I have to do another show tomorrow. I have yeah. to be on. I have to be. I have to be. That's the thing about 
<laughs> that drag, uh, people have a case of the familiarity sometimes. They don't understand right. completely that we're not just a pinata party favor. It's like if you're, it's it, it's work. Yeah, yeah. It's so, practice and devotion and concentration. And I don't want to suck your dick. A lot of guys are like, oh, I don't want. I'm really, I'm done. I don't want to suck your dick. I just did a show. In fact, yeah. I don't want you sucking my dick. I don't want to suck your dick. Just leave me alone. Get I'm away going from me. home. Yeah. I have, I have, I have to go home and walk the dog. I go home and yeah. walk my chihuahua. That's what I do. That's the glamour. I, people think, I think they, have, once again, also people have this perception of drag queens. Oh, they go out. They're doing oh, all the celebra- things. Oh, celebrity culture has twisted no. up with that. Like there was, there was lives before and after the glamour, you know, performers love giving, giving it. And when you're a professional performer, mm. you love giving what you can give. But that's usually when you give. Everyone's different. But when you give like that, you, as we're saying, like, everyone's got their own way for charging. And for a lot of, a lot of my colleagues who are drag queens, that is recharging in silence with books, with music, with their pets and with their loved ones. Yeah. Or no one. With nothing. I imagine that since drag is so tied to nightlife and pretty much every way, um, it takes a lot out of you to be engrossed in that situation all the time, which is why I'm curious to ask you, since you're pretty, you're a legend in New York City, uh, and I lived there oh, seven or eight years ago, and I got to experience the shift of bars like i were used to work at splash and splash clothes it was a big deal because it was such a large staple nightlife place people would go to the surrounding bars and they end then they they would end the night at splash so how has the uh evolution or i guess in in a way a de-evolution of uh new york city nightlife affected the way that you uh interact with it and your career and the the way that your character has evolved within that. When I was done with bar work, I was done with bar work. I did it. I learned my chops. I learned my comedy. I learned my audience improvisational work there. I learned everything I needed to learn in a, in a Mm. bar on a stage with a bunch of queers sitting in front of me. And when that work was done, that work was done. And that the work ended for me, uh, seven years ago with bars. I really had had it. I remember I was working in like three or four of them. And um, they, it was just, it was just awful. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't gel with my spirit anymore. Mm, yeah. And so um, the only play, and then so, so just to let that go. And, and then of course, you know, there was a lot of drag queens who would work for a fucking paper clip and a shot of tequila and because mm-hmm. um, everyone wanted a job, you know, and yeah. so you, you, you know, you, you may be really good and really funny and all that. But, oh, I can get so and so for, you know, a used condom. Drag queen right. scalpers. They're everywhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it was like it wasn't my, my place anymore. Whatever I needed to yeah. learn, I learned already and it was time to go. Yeah. So I, I only do bars now when I like and I'm not traveling anymore. But when I would, you know, do one night you know, going someplace and. My two staple gigs are, you know, I do my movie nights when I go to the city mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, some shows at uh, cabarets and uh, theaters and then Fire yeah. Island all summer, which I enjoy. Um, and then Puerto Vallarta in the in the winters. And yeah. there, it's all the, it's mostly cabaret theater work, which is really yeah. different. Not free, you know, free show at a bar 
work, which mm-hmm. is which which was great. Which was like I I learned I learned more than any comedian or going to any acting school was was learned was I learned in bars. I learned everything I need to know about performing live in front of an audience in a gay bar. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the, it was a blessing, and and that's what the '90s was beautiful about. Because if you in the '90s in the early 2000s, before the internet took over and Grinder took over, and every, and you actually went to a bar to meet people and talk to yeah. people and have fun and and be entertain people, and people weren't on their phone while you were entertaining, yeah. and, you know, and that's the difference between a free show and a show in a cabaret or a theater, and that's why yeah. bar work changed because the people yeah. you don't have all these other distractions, people, yeah. people, and luckily I have the gift of gab and I was able to adapt because a lot of people who I grew up with, they couldn't sustain a career mm-hmm. because they're, they just couldn't. And lucky I had the gift of gab and I could interact with an audience because no one gets tired of that, the interaction. Yeah. You know, and it's always different. It's always it's not different. Just the same and and everything changes and drag is changing so much as, you know, and, and all that. But at least as a comedian, I don't have to keep up with the culture of being. Um, uh, in the direct is you know fierce and looking hot and sexy because that's what it's all about now, hot and uh, sexy and 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 lots of ooh, oh right because the tradition of drag is and now, is, is is that you know when you turn into whatever you turn into people want to fuck you oh wow yeah that used to be the formula didn't it well, oh that's, Charles uh, Pierce uh, Charles Pierce and yeah <laughs> Charles Ludlum and and Charles Pierce and and all those. No, yeah. I mean, granted, I have had sex in drag. Granted, I have fucked my share <laughs> of really hot men in a dress. I have done it all. I have really done it all. That's why I can sit here today at my home and just draw caricatures and, and go and do my show from my bathroom, um, my live show, because I've done it. I really, I've done it all. I've, yeah. I've done a lot of it already, and, I, and, and I've experienced it. So, but I guess if you haven't experienced it, to have it is like, it's like, it's, it's like anything new. It's exciting. But um, I find that the drag is like really the, the fake boob plates and the and the this and the that and I'm like oh this is you know in fact I'm actually I'm actually um, a work I, I what is that word I'm having a hard time with the word uh, the word is uh, I'm having a bad reaction to all that and doing yeah. the opposite the more it, the yeah. more I guess you call it fishy the less Anathema? I go back like I don't wear tits anymore. I yeah. just wear lots of frills. I don't tuck. Yeah. I never was a good tucker. I was a terrible yeah. tucker. So I was a terrible tucker. That's the name of my my memoir, Terrible Tucker. <laughs> um, but I was a terrible, and I never liked it. So, I mean, but I, I don't even bear, I barely tuck. I don't yeah. wear tits anymore. I don't yeah. block out my eyebrows because I have nice yeah. eyebrows, thank God. Right? But I don't block out my eyes or anything like that because, I, yeah. I, it, it, first of all, it takes forever, and then you sweat them off anyway. Uh-huh. And, I just, I, and I don't have a lace, I don't deal with lace front wigs that much because I have bangs. I don't really yeah. care about this stuff i just care about yeah. looking presentational enough and then the comedy right. speak for itself it's more about yeah. the character i can't keep yes it's more like i can't keep up with all that fishiness as i i don't know if that's a derogatory term nowadays <laughs> don't bother. i don't think so don't i want to i want to dismantle the thing of fishiness because from what i understand it has nothing to do with vaginas so nothing to do with looking like it's fishy like you don't know because like you can't like, tell oh, it's 2020 fishy. now and that and we're getting uh, and we're getting our we're we're getting some real uh, issues about about uh, uh, people who identify as gay guys um, uh, assimilating trans culture yeah, and how dangerous 
That is. So that's why I think you're on the right. I mean, you don't need anyone to tell you whether you're on the right track or not. I no, agree. No, I do feel that the there's future. similarity to something for something. I'm not, I do feel like they're, they're I do, I, whether I can describe it in words at yeah. most of the time, I can't, but I do feel that something in me that says, no, that's not the way to go. Yeah. And I, and when I follow my instincts, it always works out. It's when I, yeah. when I try to go with the well, crowd. Well, look at Coco oh. Peru. He's also iconic. <laughs> And she hasn't she, like started to like do ombre knows. eyebrows and, I don't do it either. and a lace does, front I, because that's I not her. I just wear a fucking wig, a, a green wig I buy from Las Vegas. I get it in the yeah. mail for $110. I <laughs> shake it out of the box and plop it on my head. Yeah. And you know what? It's perfectly fine. I mean, you know, but they make fun of me. I'll tell you, they try to come for me. They do. Oh, you don't. Uh, they do. They do it in sly ways. They, oh, do you use your real eyebrows? Oh, that's not a lace front. Bitches who weren't but, but, even on this but it's beat part of my French. It's who, fucking classic. Yes, and it's too. and it's uh, it's also you're just going with the you're going with the with the cool you're you're not following yeah. your own beat. You're because yeah. now they're all getting their fucking lips done too. So all yeah. these bitches who were never even on RuPaul's Drag Race will never be on that anyway. Yeah. Are doing what they're doing because they think that's somehow connecting them to that whole scene. Mm. So they're wearing the lace fronts and getting their lips done and doing all that. I'm like, you look, cut it out. Right. But how, I mean, have you the seen, life of an entertainer, it can go up and down. Have you seen an evolution of trends, though? Like, uh, both, like, just with drag in general, coming from, like, the 80s, 90s, and now in 2000, and I almost said 2010. Whoa, I'm in a time loop. 2020. Um, because I imagine that we're seeing it more and more prevalently because drag is, you know, on covers of magazines and on television there's literally no breaks in between seasons of drag race now so we're always inundated with like what's the new thing of drag like painting you know a milk mustache on now but had were you privy to sort of like the ebbs and flows of drag trends as you I were coming we up in the scene? trends we were just who we were i yeah. think anyone that sort of lasted in my in my generation that's still relevant today and then, mm-hmm. not not to me, they may not be on Drag Race or other things, but they're still relevant in the community. And they had their own distinct style, and they stuck yeah, with yeah. it, and they and and they stayed true to it, and yeah. they stayed true to it, and and that's what lasts. You be your yeah. own trend. Don't yeah. don't follow trends. Just be yourself. Yeah. Be be you. You know, because trends they they come and they go. Yeah. And all that stuff is it. it and eventually, Drag Race will be something in the past. So what's yeah. going to come up next? And yeah, and it's it's just um, I, I you got to follow the beat of your own drummer. I, I and I, that's why I find it to it, it to be a little bit of a mean girls group sometimes with yeah. certain queens. Yeah, yeah, just the way we're talking about. So Hedda, like, you know, what do you want to see? Because there's so much. We're, we're like bottlenecking through so many things, and especially for yeah. the queer community. What do you want to see when we finally get out of this? What do you, what do you, what is your desire for the for the betterment of the queer community once once things, once we're all starting to get together? Because you know, there's so many things that are closing, and then there's hopefully opportunities for some people who have money in the bank yeah. to reinvest in the community and. It, it, I, I want it to be a broad question, but because you've seen New York City go through the ups and the downs as a queer community member and as a leader and as a performer, what do you want to see by the end of 2020, 20, for this decade? 
Yeah. What do you need to see to and to if I feel if I can better. add to that, yeah. um, we, we were talking about sort of um, uh, how things like Grinder have uh, made a lot of bars and queer spaces closed down, and now we're in this state where we literally can't go outside. So how do you feel um, this uh, historic moment in history is going to change the landscape? Of um, of queer culture well, and drag. I, I I feel that a lot more of it is going to be online, and a lot more it's going to be virtual. Um, until there's a cure or a vaccine for COVID, it's really a personal choice how you want to approach your life. If you feel like you're at low risk and you want to just get out there in the world, great. But I don't know how a lot of people are going to return to go see theater, especially the kind of theater that I was doing, which is like 100 seats, 120 seats, mm. which is smaller, you know, smaller rooms. Um, and I don't know how that's going to reach. I don't know how that's yeah. going to bounce back. I really don't yeah. know how that's going to bounce back. I mean, but once again, it's a personal choice. For me, but to be frank with you, if I had to perform, I would try it. I don't know if I perform it for a room full of people wearing face masks on i don't know if that would be the, the, the maybe like when gay bars finally stopped working for me maybe that would be like the nail in the coffin for my mm. live performance career because the idea of performing to people wearing masks on their face when i so am the kind of performer that loves to interact with with the crowd and and right. part, you know it may smiles be smiles and the and the smirks yeah, it may be done it may be it may be done and then what's next you know you yeah. just as an entertainer, you're just either you either you played your cards right and you you have some money, and whatever's next is not maybe not entertaining anymore in a way. Maybe next yeah. is something else. Um, I uh, I'm not if I didn't if I was told well you're never going to perform live again, I'd be disappointed, but I'd move on. Mm. Yeah. That's just my thing. I, I, so I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And, is, and, that's, and people generally don't deal with uncertainty very well. We like to have an answer to certain things. So oh, sure. Uh, I, you have to be, one thing I'm learning in general in life in general is to sit, live, sit with the uncomfortability and just sit with it and not try to change it and just be yeah. with it. Yeah. And let, and let it unravel the way it's supposed to unravel. And yeah. then find yourself in there and find, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and give yourself term, permission yeah. to adapt as well. And 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 being and I've I've I I'm an adaptable person. I know that about me. I'm able to adapt. So, uh, part I I I'm not particularly worried about myself as much. But in in terms of what I like to see at the end of all of this is, first of all, any queer person or any person with a conscience, is, uh, if we have to vote. It's in America, mm. I'm talking. You know, I can only speak, and 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 get the um, get d them out of office. Yeah. We have to change the the political landscape of America, and that's what's happening. Yeah. And and voting, voting, voting is the most important thing. Because honestly, I remember, you know, I don't think we could survive as we we would survive, but it would be very dismal. Four more years of what's going on today. Oh yeah, it would be very, very, very dismal. Yeah. In a lot of ways, unless we gained control of the Senate. Yeah. Um, and we had. But I, it's just we 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 uh, we need we need to uh, 
a purge of what's happening and we we need to have more hope and right yeah. now um it's a it's a, that's what we're seeing with the black lives matter movement another thing we're seeing people are fed up and they want hope and they want change and they want real yeah. change and they're willing to go out in the middle of a pandemic to say listen we're done with this shit yes. and we're going to you're you're on notice now and so mm-hmm. i'm hoping that come november there is a change and i'm hoping that two months between november and the transition of power uh, the the world does not go into a complete cataclysmic state because he wants to bring everyone down with the ship with him i'm yeah. just like i just and uh, but at the same time like we talked about earlier we just have to keep it in the day yes and we can't we can't project to the wreckage of our future yes or the traumas of our past Yes. And we just have to be in the moment. And, and once again, what is the action I can take today to yes. make this a better place for me and other people to live in? And is it just me being nicer when I go out to a store and wearing my mask on right now and just being a decent? Yes, that's plenty, actually. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I just I just would like I would love to see performance come back. I I think in big cities, it's going to be really challenging, especially. Yeah. Because there's yeah. so much people on top of each other. Yeah, New York's been hit hard. Yeah, and I'm I'm my whole I was there just there for Christmas. I did several really great Christmas shows there. I go back, you know, and some movie nights, and 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 I got back to Puerto Vallarta on December 28th, and then to think like a month and a half later, the world was turned upside down. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen New York since then. And yeah. my friends say it's the most depressing fucking place to be right now. Yeah, and the art, everything is. It's, it's so I. Yeah. my New York memory is that last that, that month in Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And so I, when I go back to New York City, it's going to be a very different experience. I miss the movie nights I used to host. I miss all that community, and that's yes. what it is. It's weird. I miss the. That's what's really. Physical community is really important. Face to face community is really important. Yeah. This virtual stuff is great and it allows us to keep connected. Thank God we yes. have it. Yes. But it's it's no substitution to having in in face community well, to be around people. Hopefully yes. one day we will all have the wonderful privilege of seeing you in person. But um in this the is the part of the this is the part of the episode where you we plug all of your wonderful content for those of since we we can't see uh you in person you can't see me in person anymore and ask to suck my dick in person <laughs> this is how you can virtually suck my cock yes no, how, how can how people works. support you you can every sunday night 9 p.m eastern standard time uh, on Instagram at Head of Lettuce NYC and on Facebook, my Head of Lettuce Facebook thing, I do my hour of comedy song and light dancing on on, uh, on my show, which is evolving. I just did this past Sunday was my fourth episode, and I, and I have some special funny guests on and and just interacting with the audience, try, finding out new ways to interact with people that are yeah. watching it, which is interesting and. And so you can come and I sing songs and I tell jokes and I tell stories and then I have guests and and, you know, special segments and stuff. So it's evolving into something and it's a free show. And, you know, I accept tips, which is great. And people have been very generous and I'm so happy about that. And 
Tip um, your queens. Tip your queens. And then, you know, uh, you can find me like on Instagram. I, everything is virtual. And I'm starting to do YouTube again. I disappeared yeah. from a lot of that stuff for a while. And now I'm trying to, you know, whatever. But I'm finding that this live show every week is getting me recharged and keeping me focused during the week and gives me a point of purpose. Because people write and go, oh, thank you for making me laugh. I really needed yeah. this. And people, I'm like, oh, okay, Steve, you have a purpose. You have a purpose. Yes. Just, just keep doing it. Yes. yes I mean, please. thank you for making me laugh just on this wonderful podcast. Yes. <laughs> I, just, I, well, I you appreciate you asking me. I, you know, to be quite frank, I almost forgot completely because I'm, I'm on Mexican time and, 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 and a little sun, you know, sun damage. You to had the brain to take your siesta. A little and sun I, damage to the brain can go a long way. I've, I've lost hours. I've lost a no. day on Fire Island due to the sun damage. Exactly. So you lose time. I miss Fire Island so much, the physicality. But uh, you yeah. know, everyone needs a break from the next season. In a year, everything will be. Everything will open up and blossom and yes. bloom to something oh, else. I certainly hope so. It and will. I hope that we it can will. emerge from this cocoon. Um, better for it. Now, Hedda, since yes, you yes. are our extra special celebrity guest today, Jeremy has compiled a list of questions a la Vogue. A la Vogue, Vogue Don't worry, it's not, There's it's 13. Not questions. This is 13. Big thir big thir the big 13 for Legendary Queens. You were the first. So these are, these are um, fun stuff. So I'll, I just, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Oh, Jesus, uh, favorite, okay. Favorite classic film. Oh, favorite classic film. Oh, 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 wait, oh wait, I, I, the first one that came to my mind right now is Valley of the Dolls. I, yes. I, I just really, um, any, every queen should see it. Yes, there we go. That is the whole theme. Uh, favorite diva actress, one, two, or three favorites. Three of them I have to give? As many as you want. A few oh. favorite diva actresses. Oh, folks, oh, well, need be, to watch. It would be Joan Crawford. It would be Betty Davis. Uh, I love Cher when she did her thing in the movies when she was good. I mean, Moonstruck is still one of my favorite, all-time yes. favorite movies, just a comfort food movie. So, But the, the classics, you have to go to the really black-and-white gay classics of Joan Crawford, Betty Davis, Barbara Stanwyck, overacting, big shoulder pads, too much yeah. makeup, too much hair. That's the way it should be. Yes, yes. Music of the 20th century that uh, the younger queers need to get educated on. Oh, music of the 20th century that the younger queers... Oh, Carmen McRae. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, lovely. Art movements that inspire you. Oh, art movements that inspire me. Street style. Mm -hmm. uh, wa people watching. Mm -hmm. Art in the oh. street. You know, uh, and uh, graffiti. Uh, mm -hmm. And strangely enough, because it, it's spontaneous and in the moment, mm -hmm. uh, stuff of that nature uh, inspires inspires me. Just that when I when sitting in my at walks, Union Square Park, watching sitting people in a park, go by. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of stuff inspires me. Mm. Favorite period of fashion? Oh, favorite period of the fa oh fashion? Oh my stars! Oh, God, I, I love the 40s. I love the 1940s. And I love the 60s, too. I thought the 60s had some really fun, funky space-age fashions in the 40s with the shoulder pads and the, and the tailoring and the over-dramatization of the clothes. And the, yeah, yeah, those are, uh, the, the 70s, I couldn't get into 
the, the bell bottoms and bullshit. But the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> um. uh, the next episode, uh, bell bottoms and bullshit. Uh, okay, so we now just just so that we're on the record, your most despised recent drag trend. You've the most despised recent this. drag trend. Yes, those your most lips. hated drag trend. Those goddamn fucking yes. fake collagen. Those fucking injected asshole lips. Yes. Those yes. goddamn fucking asshole lips. Granted, if you have a lip impediment, <laughs> if you have Alaska. a lip impediment and your lips are too, th- that's what drag's about: painting over the fucking line. Yes. Yes. Um, a must-read book. A must-read book. Oh, a must-read book. You know, I can, I can only say, I, I can, okay. Oh, oh, I'll tell you a must-read book. Uh, Oscar Wilde, deep, uh, deep, right here, Deep Profundus. That's, oh, you know, Profundus, yes. That's a must-read fucking book. I read it so much, the copy has lost its cover. Oh, I was going to say that's a very interesting uh, cover. <laughs> there gone. is no cover. Very that's clean, what happened. Well, that's what happens when you devour Read books. Oscar Wilde, the ultimate camp queen. Yes, <laughs> yes. On um, on a scale of one to ten, how great is it to have facial hair a couple of days after you've been doing drag all week? Oh, ten. Do you know <laughs> I, I'm I'm so close deep to deep drag queen questions. I'm so close to doing a bearded drag queen look on my thing now and just say because I can do whatever I want. I realize. Yeah. I don't have to follow anything. You could anything. put some I green uh, lettuce, stuff in it. No. It'd yes, I think head of lettuce may end up becoming a bearded drag queen. <laughs> Because I love like having facial hair. Wreath. Facial hair is it's my a whole guilty pleasure. Of lettuce around your yes. head. Yes. See, see, I know these. I know these deep drag queen favorites. Favorite season to do drag. What? The favorite <laughs> season of the year to do drag. A favorite season of the year to do drag, or spring. Yeah. Spring. I you agree. just need a light wrap, maybe. Yeah. Um, summer's wretched. Winter's god awful. Spring. Oh, <laughs> and you know what? Early fall, yeah. spring, and early. those are lovely times to do drag. Transitional have, seasons. Yes, transition. <laughs> anything when you have to fight the elements to get out yes. there. But you know, I don't have to do that anymore. My show's in the bathroom That's every true. Sunday night, <laughs> Eastern Standard Time. And <laughs> oh, this yeah. is our current, our current reality. There's no snowstorms right. in my bathroom. We yes. gotta start a coffee table book, The Bathrooms of Drag Queens. Because now everyone's in the I'm not sure I can handle that. I've seen too many drag queen bathrooms. There See, are, you know, there, it's the same thing as a drag closet. Just, just drag, closets are, I, drag, clo- drag closets are either uh, Joan Crawford, anally, retentively clean, or they are a vortex of doom and desire in which everything is in a huge pile and drag queens are having are shitting themselves trying to find anything. Okay. Yeah. Mine, no, is right, no mine, in mine is right middle. in the middle. Mine's right in the middle. It I'm is. I'm, moder- I'm, I'm a moderation. My closet is completely in the middle between shitstorm <laughs> and organized. <laughs> um, most worrisome drag malfunction. Wor- most worrisome drag malfunction? Yes. Oh, most worrisome drag malfunction. Well, I can only talk... Well, where is you when you're on stage and then there is like, okay, oh, well, this is quite I'm going to be very honest with you. It has nothing to do with drag, but it has something very much to do with me. Yes. Uh, at this moment, I, uh, my, my front tooth is fake because I have to get a, a dental <laughs> implant oh, no. and making sure that it's glued in because one time on stage... <laughs> I didn't glue it in here. <laughs> and I just started wearing it. And it flew out of my mouth and it hit the fan that's in front of the stage. It went brrr, and flew back at me. 
<laughs> you had so, a you had a Sophia Petrillo. I had a Sophia. So I'm not worried about a tough blowing. I'm not worried about like, oh talk oh, about no, talk you know about what? a fake. When uh, I used to wear a drag body and not big puffy dresses, if I forgot yeah. my drag body, that would <laughs> I had people go back like if I forgot like my tits or my yeah that, that used to yeah. panic me. Now it's my tooth. <laughs> It's like that is like a step up from like every, just like the, every season the a new a new drag worry, yeah, new drag worry. Listen, um, go on, go on. Yeah. Yes, uh, oceans or mountains? What? Do you prefer to be in by the ocean or the mountains? That might be very redundant. But seeing you know where what? You are. I'm by the ocean and the mountains right now, Ooh. so I have both. In my in Puerto Vallarta, I have the mountains and I have the ocean, so I, yes. I have both. Excellent, excellent. Favorite place in the world you've ever performed? Favorite place in the world that I ever performed? Oh, geez. You know, I don't have a favorite. I have favorites. I have very two diplomatic. Places. I, a favorite place I've ever performed in the world? Oh, gosh. Newark, New Jersey. Really? Um, no. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's the least expected. She played answer. Mama Rose at the paper mill play. No, it's, it's, it's the least expected. Yeah, yeah, I'm that, gonna go with Newark. That's what people don't know. I'm gonna <laughs> give you the least expected. Everyone's gonna say like the south of France or Greece. Oh. I'm saying Newark, just to be contrary. <laughs> Do it. Excellent. It. If you're not being contrary, I'm not sure that you're. If really you're not doing contrary, you're not doing drag. Drag. All right, and to end the podcast. What yes. is, for the record, your favorite leafy green head of lettuce? My favorite, you know, the first thing for whatever reason came to my head was frisee, and I don't know why. <laughs> I love the frisee. It's, it's gorgeous. Used, it's a very attractive looking lettuce, and it's the first one yeah. that came to my head. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm more of an And, uh, and so. speaking of gorgeous, epulent, and yet a little crunchy. Ahead of lettuce, it's been a pleasure for you to grace oh. us with your wisdom, oh, it was your, your humor, and your truth on a fairly queer podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much for being here with us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. You guys are great. Thank you for having me. Oh, Happy, Pride. So Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Month. Stay well. Stay healthy. Stay camp. Stay stay epulent. And, um, stay green. Yeah. Yes. Stay contrary contrary please <laughs> all right everyone thank you so much sam uh, it's been a pleasure please bring us your questions please bring us your um perspective and we will come back next week with another fairly queer podcast bye goodbye thank you bye, -bye. Oh, thanks for having me guys <laughs>